Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the podcast. This is hashtag RTBTH, otherwise known as Real Talk Beyond the Headlines. And uh, we are back with all three of our co-hosts for the first yes, time in a sir. while. So that so that hey, means, hey. you know, this is about to be a heavy hitter podcast. As always, it's your boy Tunday. And we got Herschel and we got Ehi. Herschel and Ehi are both in Atlanta. That's what's up. What's up with y'all? Yo, uh, just living life, man. You know, it just got cold down here. Ehi, I know you're visiting for uh, the holiday week here, but leading up, it's been getting down in the 30s and shit. I hope you pack warm. Um, yeah, it's colder than I expected, man. I went outside. I was like, I got to put on two jackets, man. It's, especially <laughs> coming from California. It's, it gets cold in San Francisco, but I forgot how, how cold it gets elsewhere. I'm like, ah, oh, it's probably going to be reasonable in Atlanta. Yeah, it's getting kind of it's nippy outside, but I'm glad to Not be back, though. Bad. It's good to see family and everybody, so it's good. Shout out to the A, always repping the A on this podcast. But uh, so we we have, you know, we we have been texting a lot of our podcast ideas happen in, in group text. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes there's something that just hits a nerve or just kind of like stimulates the conversation. And then you start talking about ant colonies. But, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but actually, we've we've been wanting to do this podcast or start a new category of topic um, in addition to what we've done in the past, like what we do, what, what have we done, Herschel and Ehi? We've done get your mans. We've done unpopular, unpopular opinions. opinions. Uh, I guess we do our ATL sports updates. You know what I'm saying? But we have a new category. We had the pandemic chronicles, COVID chronicles. Oh, the part. pandemic oh, yeah. chronicles. <laughs> yes, we, we put that to we put it to rest, though, right? Or yes, is it still going? Yeah. Okay. No, that, that's <laughs> done. Amen to that. It's <laughs> done. Amen to that. Because yep. COVID is done. <laughs> After I take these 16 boosters. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> so we, we're starting a new one. This one is called Social Dilemmas. We have uh, been jotting down some notes. So hopefully we'll have more podcasts talking about social dilemmas. And of course, as someone who was studying psychology, I had to go look up the definition. The APA Dictionary of Psychology actually has a definition of social dilemmas which I'll read to you quickly. Social dilemma, a situation that creates a conflict between the individual's interests and the collective's interests such that the individual obtains better outcomes following strategies that over time will lead to suboptimal outcomes for the collective. So that is like a pretty academic definition. I don't think we're going to have that exact focus in our conversation, but we are going to be talking about competing interests that can be logically argued on either side, morally argued too, potentially. Um, and the first one that, or the, the the main thing that sort of got us into this conversation is Elizabeth Holmes sentencing for 11 yeah. years. Elizabeth Holmes, in case people don't know, is the, the ex-CEO of Theranos. And so this is a company, I don't even know, I, I remember I heard about them back in college. Um, they were talking about how they were going to take a drop of blood and do a, basically a, all your lab tests. You know, you go to the doctor, you get your physical, they run all these, you know, blood tests on you. They're going to do it based off of one drop of blood. And so when I heard about it, I was like, this is ridiculous. There's just no way this is going to work. Right. And then I just dismissed it because I thought, like, you know, everybody else is probably smarter than me. They know this is not going to work. Turns out the people gave her. 900 million dollars 
<laughs> to turn this into a product. <laughs> in, in investments? In investments, yeah. $900 million. So they were valued at several billion at one point. <clears throat> yeah, her net worth was, was highest uh, $9 billion, I believe. Exactly. So yeah, they were probably valued around the twenty billion mark for the company that, and it turns out that the people that they that they put on the board of directors who are supposed to be supervising this, the adults in the room, none of them had a science background. Turns out that because she she went to Stanford and dropped out, so she went and talked to all these you know experts in you know lab medicine and chemistry etc. And they laughed her out of the room pretty much unanimously. And so the only people she could get to support her were like, I mean, she was very smart about it. She went and, you know, very specifically and tactically identified investors or people with money that knew nothing about science and then sold them on the dream, just like a real con man does. And so, you know, and then when they tried to figure out whether or not the, the stuff that she was doing actually worked, she just started making up stuff she would she would lie about the machine that she had the machine didn't work what they would do it they would just collect full blood samples from the patients and run them on the regular lab machines that everybody else uses and then they would try to pretend like they were they were doing it on their machine so they didn't even have anything like the company went to zero because they had no technology i mean that's how bad it was so you know you kind of wonder like how did you get 900 million of investment by lying <laughs> That's right, much right. You do it. She was using a gimmick, though. As I mean, not that it, you know, is a solve for her just lying to investors, pretty much. But like, I think one of the funniest things about it was that she was like putting on a fake, deep voice to convince <laughs> yes. these people that she was an intellectual, which also is just like speaking to you know the uh, misogyny of society of like, oh, we're not gonna trust women generally, but she got a deep voice, so maybe she knows what she's talking about. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? Here's nine hundred million dollars. Like what? That it it make it make sense. Like you said, you know, I kind of started reading up on it. it. Was like this is pseudoscience. This is nonsense. And, and yeah, kept it, it moving. And yeah, she would so, dress up. She would dress up like Steve Jobs. Remember, she wore these black turtlenecks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's appearance. All, yeah, all these investment shits. Um, it's it's really interesting to think about as a social dilemma. I mean, this almost isn't even a social dilemma, though. I guess she is take she in her own personal interest is taking advantage of a collective of, I guess, society. But like, it feels like just a scam. Uh, <laughs> Not akin yeah, to uh, a charlatan, fucking a mountain bank, yeah, a, you know? a Ponzi scheme of like, yo, Snake we're just gonna pay, salesman. you're gonna pay me this, and then you know, I didn't even know that part about like her taking the shit to other labs to like basically finesse yeah. and be like, these are our results. That's no, they they just bought a bunch of these machines. So funny enough, so I, I mean, I'm an investor these days, and so there's Excellent. people that know that that were pitched this company. They know the people involved. So one of some one of the partners. Well, maybe I shouldn't say this, but one of the people that I know. So he, <laughs> so he was pitched this and he turned them down because like every time he tried to get into the science or like get anything concrete, they would just dodge. But then he was telling me that one of his friends or his neighbors or something was um, a diagnostics equipment salesperson, like one of the biggest in, in California. <laughs> and apparently he was telling me that this dude was making like the years that Theranos was going doing their, you know, their 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 final stage development. They this dude made a lot of money because he was basically just selling a ton of machines into the company and where they would were supposed to be running these, you know, blood samples on their own machines. They just ran them on his machines, like the the standard diagnostics machines that people use. So, you know, they were just doing it in the basement. They would just like shuttle them off to somewhere else. And it's funny enough that 
we knew who was selling them <laughs> the equipment. It was so funny. Well, uh, there's a lot to be said about Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes and the story leading up to the conviction that we're going to talk about it and the sentencing in a second. I just have to say full disclosure. I, for some reason, absolutely love reading about the really massive frauds and corporate crimes. Uh, I think my favorite movie ever is probably the departed, but my favorite documentary <laughs> and second favorite movie ever is, is, uh, that, that's like what's that little Wayne play. that little Wayne bit where he was like he's like my favorite movie was the Gremlins thing I should have do this but oh, I yeah. just thought that I should mention <laughs> that's what you just pulled great line <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> what Shout I was to going to party. say what I was going to say my second favorite movie possibly and my favorite documentary is the smartest guys in the room the Enron fraud and I've I so Bad Blood by John Carreyrou is the book about Theranos and all that, which I've listened to the audiobook for. The Dropout, the Hulu series, I've watched. The Dropout podcast series, I've listened to. There's like two other podcast series. I've listened to it all. All everything about WeWork, I've listened to it. The audiobooks, the podcasts, everything about Uber and Travis Kalanick. And and I've definitely been eating up this FTX SBF stuff. So so we'll get into it. I, I love the fraud shit. I love it. I love I, it too, man. Bro, that's the American dream, honestly. Uh, not just like, <laughs> like oh, anybody can make it big, but like <laughs> everybody fraud. watching that person crumble to the ground yeah, is just fucking true. fascinating. It is. So, it is. Yeah. yeah. And the schadenfreude, man. You, you just feel good like knowing that you thought it was stupid and all these morons who bought in, like you guys yes. deserve it. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and to me, there's also like a, a psychological element in terms of like these people have to lie for like eight years straight to get to where they like it's just like perpetual pathological lying and i just like i'm like look i mean yeah you can lie here and there but you have to be a really special kind of person to lie that much for years and years and years consistently and weave a good lie too yeah it's gotta be a good lie you know you gotta have examples built in (laughs) yeah you gotta have references you know like yeah amazing so, uh, you know, we could get more into the fraud element of it, but so the social dilemma is that, uh, so I saw the sentence, she got 11 years and I ain't gonna lie to you. You know, I said this in the group chat. I think that's a lot of years for lying to a bunch of old nah. white men. Nah. I mean, okay, let's, let's just clarify something. She only got convicted for fraud of investors. She didn't get convicted for fraud towards the customers because they were given incorrect you know readings of their blood samples she was not convicted for that she was convicted pretty much only for defrauding investors and okay yeah so it turned into this nine billion or whatever 20 billion dollar organization valued so there's a lot of money that is being pretty much erased from our financial infrastructure and a lot of value in this healthcare company that we had a lot of investment in not just financially, but like long term in terms of humanity. But well, I mean, but think about it like this, though. If they didn't catch her, she would have had to move to the next stage of lying to the customers, lying to the patients. Right. The only reason why she didn't lie to them yet was because the FDA did not let her do that because <laughs> they knew that they didn't have a real. Well, there, there were some customers who got blood readings, who got reports of their of their blood tests. And, you know, I don't recall any serious harm like no like no one got like a incorrect diagnosis that led to a death i don't think or or you know or missed a diagnosis well, yeah. that but 
I mean, she got pretty far into actually defrauding customers as well, but she was not convicted for that. So I actually, before we get to Ehi's, uh side of this, uh, Herschel, I, I mean, wh- where, where do you land on the 11 years? So it's interesting because I do think she should be thoroughly punished for what she did. Like you, you shouldn't be able to defraud investors or customers and I think they did end up just throwing the book at her because of the amounts of money, not necessarily because of the implications of the pseudoscience that she was trying to toss out here for, you know, quote unquote, the potential good of humanity. But I think she was playing with some some big players and they took that shit personally and made sure that, you know, people would not be would be uh to try to defraud them again in the future um, in that. So so in saying that, I think that. 10 years is probably fine. I know it's 11. Um, and even then, she's not going to be in maximum security prison. She's going to just be locked up for essentially lying. Exactly. And I, I know that, you know, we're, we're going to get into this as he, I know, has some super flaming hot takes to get into. But we uh, we're kind of talking about like this in comparison to um, the dilemma of locking people up for nonviolent crimes and then, you know, the death penalty for versus locking violent crimes up for quote unquote life sentences. Um, those are things that, it, you know, in general, I just don't understand. So even the 10, 11 years for Elizabeth Holmes, which, you know, she probably going to get good behavior and get out soon anyway. Like it's, she's a white woman. Let's, let's be honest. So with no prior offenses, like, you know, they, they attempted to throw the book at her and it'll stick to an extent. But I, I think that that's just a big number for big numbers sake more than anything. But yeah, I do. I mean, I'm. I am curious for Ahi, uh, you to get into your thoughts. No, I mean, I, I, I am very anti-fraud. I mean, because I, the way I see fraud is, it's basically, it's the same thing as corruption, except they're not a government official. And I think that when it's an egregious enough case, similar to something like this, where you're lying <clears throat> at this scale, I think the only way you can punish people is by death, right? I think that's the only way you got to put these people to death, man, because that's the only Boy, way you can prevent these tick. things. Right. That, that I mean, is a hot I know take. You guys, I, I know you guys don't 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 follow me on that, but I think about it as a society problem. You know how how you're you're basically fomenting distrust in the system. Right. And it's it's all based on on trust at a certain level. Otherwise, it just incentivizes everyone to cheat. We'll see. So that's say, the thing, though. Over. So she cheated. She played the system, but she is not the only person out here cheating and playing the system. Like at exactly. some level, all these people with, you know, and in level because, of success the penalty, have been defrauding somebody. Somebody is getting defrauded. And more often than not, it's the customer that is the one that's getting the short end of the stick. Like, sure, you might you might be getting a product, but you're never getting the promised, you know, up to 50 gigabytes of, you know, downloadable speed from T-Mobile or, you know, whatever the fuck the ads are these days. Like, they're, they are exactly always though. going to I make mean, it. Exactly. There, there's always going to be people committing fraud because there's there's no real penalty, right? It's like people like say, well, you know, I can misrepresent the facts, whatever, you know, I I might get a, you know, 20% extra revenue. Yeah, it's, it's wrong. But you know, if they catch me, ah, what is the worst I do? You know, they find me, oh, maybe I do six months, whatever. Right. Because that's what the, that's what the penalties will end up being at worst. And so people, this is how it builds into the system. And so constantly you have to keep on factoring that in to any of your assessments of companies or you're looking at as a, as a consumer, you want to pay money for something, you know, you, this is how it kind of starts. I mean, yeah, it, it, things work well in the U.S. And I think 
you know, we probably have that perspective to say, okay, hey, yeah, it's not so bad, you know, like maybe it's that's overly harsh. But then when you take it, you know, the next step further, it starts to infect, you know, other parts of society when, you know, the government starts to become dysfunctional because everybody else is thinking, well, you know, if I can do that on the business side, I go into government, maybe I, you know, I, I do a couple contracts with, with my cousin, reality. you know, and I, I get this to run over and nobody says anything. And the next thing you know, the, the president of the country is stealing billions of dollars clean out of the country coffer. Who knows, right? I mean, this is what's happening in a lot of countries right now where, you know, there's, there's really no accountability. And once it starts at that ground level, you start it off small. Everybody, once the general population know that's what the shtick is, they, they kind of expect everyone to be on it, right? So once yeah. once you're at the top and you're stealing billions, they're like, well, everybody's stealing, so I'm stealing, and we're all stealing. And then you just have a completely dysfunctional society. You can't actually have economic growth. I mean, this is, I mean, the reason why I say this is because in Nigeria, I mean, just seeing the story of, of this place, you know, it's just like a, a system of graft, you yeah. know, from top to bottom. It's just graft. And is, so is you your, can't really build. You can't say you're going to set up something there and then expect it to work. It, it won't because of how much you have to, you know, account for so many other things. And you have to pay off so many people. You have to really be in the system, too. So you have to become like them to succeed, which makes it very difficult for, for you know, economic growth to actually happen. I mean, it's, it's terrible. That's why so, I think it's I mean, you're robbing from the, the future generation. That's why I think you have to put people to death to stop this from happening. Yeah. Yo, I, I mean, I definitely feel you there. That's, you know, you're basically saying nip it in the bud now before it com- becomes a serious issue later. And and that would be, you know, the social dilemma in definition that Tunde gave of like individuals making decisions that, you know, in the long run ruin us all. Um, similar to like, to me, it's like perverse incentive where um, someone created a thing and then it gets manipulated in a way that's detrimental to society. Um, but my issue with that process, because there's a lot of investments that lose money or, and you know, mm-hmm. that are, that are like gambles that are true. Just, you know, hope and a dream, you know, hope if, if we sell this much on this weekend, we can survive to make it to whatever. And then, you know, we can catapult from there, whatever, whatever, whatever. So my thinking or my, my question would always be, where is the line of, you know, what, what actually is fraud? How, how much is fraud for real? You know, and and I don't know, you know, I'm sure the government has it written down in terms of like an actual number value. And there's a calculation to how they got. to. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a number. I think it's 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 an action. Right. It's misrepresenting the truth for financial gain, wherever that mm, gain may be. Okay. Right. Or it may not even be financial. I don't know exactly how they define it, but that's how I would define it. Right. In terms of you're getting something out of this by misrepresenting mm-hmm. the truth. Right. Will, willfully misrepresenting because, I mean, obviously, like you just didn't know you didn't know but that's something that can usually be proved it's like well this was the information that i had access to yeah. you can and she so so yeah so the big thing here is that she knew that the shit didn't work she was just telling oh people, yeah you know and, oh, yeah. And, but what what stage of the process like how how much she knew the whole time so even for even for like we work and other you know I, I don't know how fraudulent they are if like these are just like thoughts and ideas and attempts at like like fire festival for example was like okay we tried to do a thing we couldn't do that thing and then we started lying about what we actually could do and then did yeah so that, I, that's I don't know I'm, yeah i mean i don't know um at what point she knew i mean i, I figured she knew from the very beginning because she was supposed to be the one developing the technology yeah. but she she's a reported uh, scientist she but 
you know, obviously <laughs> quote, not. Quote, I don't, I don't know if yeah. he's a real scientist, yeah, but, right. you know. Well, but, I mean, um, you know, the situation, like, I, I hear what you're saying, Ehi and Herschel, about, like, sort of identifying that line of fraud. And, and I guess ultimately it comes down to did the investors get back what they expected? They expected to have, you know, significant, um, you know, ownership of a company that was going to be valued in the billions and billions and billions of dollars when they actually got a completely trash company that was valued at completely zero. So if you can prove that they had expectations that ultimately didn't come to fruition and there was some sort of nefarious, you know, activity on the part of, of Elizabeth Holmes, which I don't that It was pretty easy. Like just all of the shenanigans with the devices and uh, using other like, you know, official devices to run the test and printing out the results as if it was on the device. What it was called Edison. I mean, that's to me pretty straight up fraudulent, you know, but uh, with with her and with Fire Festival, I mean, these are sort of like entrepreneurs with big dreams, with great ambitions that just failed. Right. Like, no, 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 no. See, like a thing like we work isn't really fraud. I mean, like we work really wasn't a, a fraud per se. Right. I think he just tried to grow the company way too fast. And people were not really signing up for those WeWorks, right? And so then you take on all this money. You say, I'm yeah. going to build but, but all these real the, estate places for people to do work. And then no one goes there. And then your company is going to go under. Yeah, but Adam Adam Newman had a lot of poor, horrible and potentially criminal. I mean, not criminal because he hasn't been charged with anything. Business practices that, you know, if, if you knew your CEO was acting this way, you would, you would not endorse him to be CEO. The board wouldn't allow him to continue being CEO. So, I mean, I think I think that's also fraud, too. You know, what was, but, yeah. what was he doing? What was some of the fraud or not fraudulent, but like nefarious shit he was doing? Yeah, I mean, so it's kind of like not exactly fraudulent, but he like he flew with weed across, you know, the Atlantic and then like didn't get like the, the uh, pilot decided not to bring him back. And, you know, I mean, that's not a horrible thing, but, you know, your CEO shouldn't really, especially a company that was valued at like 40 billion dollars at one point like you know and then he was just being very poor with expenses like a lot of you know company lavish yeah all these concerts and show like all these like really like frivolous spending of money when theoretically you should know that based on how your business is doing you really can't do so he was doing that whole fake it till you make it stick and eventually it caught up with him you know and i think you know that's when he took that money from uh um masa masa and uh, and that's when they they had to start putting out real product, right? Because you know people were, now you have a big investor. You can't just lie to them. They're much more sophisticated. They're gonna see, and then that's how it kind of got exposed that they weren't living up to the expectation because they're saying, okay, well we're gonna grow at you know sixty percent clip every year or double or triple however much they were saying, and you're not growing that fast. And then people are like, holy crap, we just gave you three hundred million dollars. What's going on? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you find out that no one's actually renting these things, dude. Wasn't wasn't Newman negotiating for a twenty billion dollar investment from SoftBank? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how much they gave him. Maybe it was a couple billion. I don't know. It, it but, ended um, up being like four billion, but I think there was negotiations for like twenty billion, <laughs> which is crazy. Which is yeah, but, I think you're, yeah. You're, I think you're right. <laughs> they 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 actually thought that company was going to be a trillion dollar company. <laughs> Adam Newman thought he was going to be a trillionaire, bro. Real talk, him and him and Masayoshi thought they were going to be trillionaires. But so, oh, all right, man. so so uh, so, uh, let's kind of get back to the to the eleven years. Uh, you know, okay, yeah, I agree with you. The societal damage is extensive. 
especially when you start bringing in all these people who are involved, you know, with Theranos. I mean, you had like, but the, two, go ahead. The, the, the thing is, I would just say is that the, the reason why you got to be so harsh is it's not that you're going to just now everyone who commits fraud is going to get the death penalty. And that doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously only in the most egregious cases, but you, that once you have that example, you're not going to have people committing fraud at that scale. People will think because the problem is that, you know, rich people, they're like saying, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm a little crooked. Uh, I can I can get away with, you know, stealing 50 million. And uh, if the feds catch me, you know, I might do two years. They take 20 M's. You know, maybe I pay 10 to the lawyers. I still come out with 20 and I do two years and I'm straight. And I go back and do what I do and I'm still fine. And they do that, right? And so if they if they thought about it and said, whoa, hold on. If I get caught doing this, they might just take my head off, right? You're going to be much less likely to do that. And so, you know, you're, you're going to have much less fraud. I mean, especially with something like fraud, you don't have to do fraud, right? It's not a, it's not a mandatory, you know, step to success, right? Like, you know, you're not going to prevent anyone from achieving because, they they can't commit fraud i mean you just probably shouldn't be a fraudster um and so i mean i don't think it'll be as bad as people think at what level does scamming become fraud because i in as you were saying that i was imagining i don't know if you guys have watched uh rap shit but it's based on the city girls and one of them basically was a scammer and it's it's scammers out here you know on on the lower <laughs> oh, yeah. tier yo it's a golden age of scam yeah scammer yeah is real. you know we're all getting fucking robocalls and whatnot but like even beyond that, niggas are swiping credit cards, you know, taking pictures of shit. I, I'm, I'm not going to give you the playbook, but it is what it is. OK, um, so so like there are people who are I mean, it's toxic again. Yes, it, it's a social dilemma. But, you know, when society is in a position where, you know, people are struggling to make livings and trying to find. uh so you mentioned Uber. Did you mention Uber earlier today or? Yeah, did I re, re, OK. Travis Kalanick. So, yeah, is is Uber essentially a scam as people are, you know, attempting to and I don't know if it's a scam for investors. I would have to read more about that. But like the business model is that you you take something that, you know, is going to depreciate in value your own vehicle as you're fucking putting wear and tear, driving it around, you know, buying gas and shit for essentially pennies uh, for, for what you're making from, you know, the, the excess wear that you're putting on it. And it's at no cost to Uber. They're just cashing checks. Is that fraudulent? Is it t- is it no. taking advantage? Is they're they're not the customer, I guess. They're they would be employees in that regard. Is that you know manipulation of the system? Is that a social dilemma? Should we not be using ride sharing? That's the other thing. Ride sharing, the fucking verbiage of it is so friendly and mm-hmm. almost uh uh green and and economic. Uh, not only economic, but uh fucking ecological. Where like it's protecting the earth. Okay, I don't need to buy a car because I'm you know taking Ubers and sharing with others. Uh, I don't know how we, uh, there There are no current cases or anything like that against Uber, I presume. I, I'm just curious why, why that one I'm sure they're being sued somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean. Day, they're always being sued. The, the thing about Uber and, and we work too, because neither of those ended up in like criminal cases, but it, it's this like, you know, Uber is still around, but th- their comeuppance was very, sort of shady you know i mean travis Kalanick got booted from the company it's not very it's not been very profitable it's it's kind of like a farce almost you know um mm-hmm. like we already had the service which were taxis but they just had an app you know but it it, it did have like this not a 
an implosion, but the situation with Travis Kalanick was to me akin to Theranos, but Theranos was a medical company, so they had no chance. Uber is still around and still, you know, I, I honestly, Uber might not even be around in five years because they probably, their, their financial situation probably is just never going to, I mean, Lyft, like their valuation has decreased significantly and I don't even know if they're profitable. So, you know, we'll, we'll put that aside for now. So, uh, you know, again, my issue is that 11 years seems like a lot, especially when you're being convicted for defrauding people who have a shit ton of money, old white men, you know, two former secretaries of states. You know, I, I just feel like a- another issue for me is I think prison is so harsh. It's such a harsh punishment. Really? I, 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 I think for anyone and anything, is that what you're saying? Or for this? Well, no, uh, to me. Prison isn't a isn't isn't rehabilitation. It's a place where you lock people up who are extraordinarily dangerous. But because we have laws that you know vary in in how severe we consider them, and that is shown in prison time and where people go for for prison sentences, you know we we have this idea that prison is a place where you go and serve time in, because of your your harm to society and then you come back rehabilitated. But no, it's a place actually where people are sent because we don't want them in society, either because probably because they're black or because they're fucking dangerous and violent. You know. Well, I mean, I think that, I think there's a there's that element, but I think the when you think about why they call you know doing time a punishment, right? You, I mean, in in the essence of it, you're literally just sitting there and waiting for time to pass. And I think you know, I think it just comes from that understanding of you know the finite nature of 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 life right and you're being you're you're going to give up 10% of your life sitting here right you're just going to give that up so whatever you could have enjoyed or done or achieved you've lost that opportunity you've given that up because of you screwing this up right and so that's why they stick you in jail i i, I think it's it's mostly just to to punish you by removing that the enjoyment of life from you and then okay you you did that time you can come out and you can continue um but i think yeah, sometimes yeah. it's even worse than that that people just need to get killed because you know they're not useful they've already done something so bad that they've uh caused and again more it's a social dilemma of costing society to house and feed and clothe hundreds of thousands of prisoners but also we live in america where our criminal justice system is quite racist and if we were to be advocating RTBTH does not advocate for the death penalty. I'm gonna just go ahead and say that. Speak for it. yourself, bro. I do. Bruh, we can't <laughs> bruh. They they lock too many black men up for fraudulent. Well, yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. potential you, charges that are Yeah, you know, I mean they put they give dudes life sentences for for selling drugs. For drugs that people yeah. they didn't even force people to take the drugs. The people came to them. They ain't even go out to anyone. So I mean it's crazy. So I mean, yeah, those ones, yeah, I mean, there should be like I think violent crime and you know, you know, rape, et cetera, et cetera, though it's up there. And then when you're stealing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on the scale of a Madoff, or a Theranos, et cetera, where you're literally just trying to collect the money for yourself, um, screwing up the system for everyone else. I think that's another place where, I mean, you just don't give a fuck about humanity. So why should we give a fuck about you? Right. Like you need to be out of here. So that's kind of my. Why not a life sentence? What are you going to do with them? <laughs> Why are they still around? Okay, so, so we in general though you're saying instead of life sentences you would suggest the death penalty. 
Yeah, for the for the crimes that I suggest, I mean, obviously, you need to give them due process and make sure that they actually did the crime, right? You can't just let somebody get set up, at, you know, that, 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 that should be clear. But yeah, I mean, if, I mean, like, we knew what Elizabeth Holmes did, everyone knew she was out there telling everyone she had this stuff. So she's guilty. <laughs> she's obviously guilty. Uh, you know, like these kinds of people is kind of clear, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, people, they caught him. He was eating them, man. They, you know, they had his teeth marks on these bodies. Like, you know, he did it. It's, it's not, it's like, who knows? Like, so it's not a question. So, I mean, I mean these we people, do live in a society now where people are questioning facts all the time. So, well, I mean, you know, this is, this is up to what people can, the, the jury will, will take, I guess. Can be proven know. to a judge, I presume, who, all, who have their own personal human lives and connections that are becoming muddled with, different social dilemmas and perverse incentives that are affecting them as human beings. We realize like soon there are going to be, I mean, not soon, but like, I mean, in 20 years, the next Supreme court justices will have had TikToks and shit like that. Maybe 30 or 40 years, but like eventually all the toxicity that we see, like imagine all the shit you did, you know, just growing up and being a kid or, or a young person making mistakes. The, this is the Brett Kavanaugh shit. Like it's it's just gonna be worse and worse and worse. So we mm. we kind of have to recognize that like society in itself, these social dilemmas, society is flawed. And there I'm like, all right, well, you know, we can't be so absolute in our punishment, I guess. And I could I could just see it being manipulated, like everything else. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they're already killing people right now, so it's not like we have a system where it's not happening. I mean, they're so- not. Wait, 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 wait. In terms of the death penalty or just killing people as uh, oh, death penalty, death penalty. Okay, there's still, there's still the death penalty, right? So it's not like we don't. Yeah, have but it's a it's where only in like on. a couple of states, is it not? It's not. It's not everywhere. It's not federally em- employed, even for like terrorists and shit. That well, we don't know, but they send them to Guantanamo, and you know, you know what? RTBTH is okay with torture. You know, you can just oh, <laughs> How are you going to speak out for that? I'm, I'm, I'm not with that. All right. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> okay, so so here's an issue. And, and you know, we should talk about ant colonies in a second because I think what you're saying is that there is a much greater societal harm than just this idea of fraud. You know, because it's, it's like, you know, like I said earlier, it's like a avalanche of lies and deception. And, and you know, especially when you're starting to wrap a lot of people in, you know, with this FTX situation, a lot of people were wrapped in with the hope of financial gain. You know, that that is that is very degenerative to society when people have this hope ripped from them, you know. But even so so even for that though with crypto was there not the hope with the entire pre- purpose of cryptocurrency that it wasn't government backed, it wasn't tracked, it wasn't I don't know what an manipulable, like easily manipulable, right? Yeah, it's like exactly. a free floating like, you know, everybody yeah. controls a ledger, so everybody's an independent kind of in currency. charge of this. Yeah. yeah. And and then in doing that and in, in being defrauded, you know, they were supposed to not be able to get their money back, essentially. But now is the government not fucking I'm reading the word reparations because it's in our fucking thing. But reparations is not the word. Aren't, aren't they uh, reimbursing bailing? them or something? Yeah, reimbursing. Or recovering, yeah. Recovering the monies. The government? Yeah, yeah, no. Some for some. Some for some of them, yeah. Some of yeah. it, yeah. Especially with these people who, well, I don't know about the FTX. I think most of those guys are not getting the money back. But in terms of the, um, like these hacks and the the ransomwares and stuff, where people have paid, you know, millions in, in Bitcoin or whatever, the the government has gotten a lot of it back. They actually have a system now to be able to track 
to track this stuff. So it's not untraceable, as they say, which is kind of yeah. That's the biggest myth of of Bitcoin. It's it's so crazy. I I have been like very anti crypto for a while because I think it's all scams, and I also think that the blockchain technology might not actually be that useful to to financial systems. You know, but I'm not a crypto crypt photographer or whatever they're called so I, I don't know for sure but anyway so so hey tell us about ant colonies because you're coming from an evolutionary perspective about how yeah, I mean, organisms operate and and they do things for the betterment of a fitness of uh, natural selection and and we yeah. are not immune to natural selection we still have we, we are very much um we're products of evolution. You know, it's not, yeah. we can think We're our way independent from that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so tell us, you know, because I, I understand where you're coming from in terms of the, the greatness of the harm, but it's hard to understand it with, without the evolutionary angle. So tell us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so I'll just reemphasize the, the part about the, the, the societal harm, right? Cause you know, if you, if you, if, if you just kill one person, like, let's say that's your crime. Uh, you know, you've you've taken away that person and the people, you know, that subset of people around them. But if you steal, you know, millions and millions of dollars from, you know, an economic system, you know, like a Madoff or, you know, you're you're the president of a company, you're just, you know, embezzling, you know, millions and millions of dollars, you're stealing opportunity from everyone who contributed to that money, right? Because they're expecting to get something out of it. The society is supposed to grow and flourish because that money is put to work to build the future, right? So not only are you think for the people right now, you're robbing them of life and opportunity, but you're robbing them and their offspring from that compound interest of growth where, okay, we invested this much this, this year, next year we invest some more, it's gonna grow, et cetera, et cetera. You've robbed the future. So it's, an, it's, it's such, a, such a terrible crime. I mean, it's so bad. I mean, inherently just insidious. It just, it's a cancer. It eats at the core of a society, right? When you've robbed, everybody in the current time and in the future. And it's just, it just keeps, it, it just never ends, right? You, you can't really stop this unless you prevent people from doing it in the first place. Um, so that's why I take that, that crazy Cancer. stance. But um, yeah, I mean, this, is, this isn't new though, right? Like there's, cheating has evolved in, in all sorts of, uh, in all sorts of species, particularly communal species. So I, you're talking about the, the ant colony reference that i made so like there's there's lots of these ant colonies right and they're, they're very communal like you have a queen yeah they're eusocial both um humans and ants are eusocial which is like uh hyper social organisms i think yeah right and and they and the you, you know part of it is that you rely on the other members of the society to contribute and all of the you know the joint efforts work together to make the the whole group successful right but what happens is in you know in nature there's also going to be there's there's evolutionary pressures for different organisms to fill different niches right there's a particular space that's not created where you know if you have <laughs> you know if you're going to cheat the system you can be a completely different species you can evolve to look like the ants that are communal and then what you're going to do is basically just like hang out there you, you're going to lay your eggs where they lay their eggs and the other ants will take care of them you're going to hang out with them, eat their food, just basically not do any work and just keep multiplying. And that's how you cheat. And you get to do nothing, right? Everybody else is working for you and you just get to live and just be peaceful. The thing is that when they catch these animals, they usually will kill them, right? They'll kill them and they'll find all their offspring and kill them too. And so, you know, that's kind of the, 
the corollary we have for for what you know how serious of a of a crime this is right it's like you're you're going to steal from you know the work that everybody else is putting together just because you yourself want to benefit and, and have that for yourself you're robbing opportunity from you know the rest of the of the you know the population so i mean i i i look at it like that right because at the end of the day i mean we're all just animals and we're all just we're, we we all have to survive and uh these ants i think are a perfect example but it's not just ants too there's like a bunch of different i think bees are like this there's some cheater bees um there's even plants i think that they're probably cheat too but you know fish yeah, bro that's a, some yeah. cheater fish great analogy though um i did not know that about the ants or this word you sociality or being you social that's pretty interesting but makes total sense and i, I was just kind of reconceptualizing it like all right well you know if it were like an ant colony or something like that if you were to defraud 25 percent, they all died like you would be more detrimental to everyone and you know potentially ruin the the community um huh. and i guess that could happen in in society especially in today's day and age where we can reach every aspect of you know different communities around us it's not just oh man i defrauded my neighborhood right here or whatever now you know because of you know, not not only just telecommunications and mass communications, but the Internet. I'm just imagining, you know, it, yeah, I mean, how connected the economies are, right? Yeah. right? Like how connected the economies are. And, um, you know, there's there's just so much there's just so many problems with with maintaining that balance. It's hard to do. Right. It's, it's not easy to, to have a, a system where, you know, you can trust everyone and make sure that, you know, all of it, everything stays working. Right. So any kind of perturbation or people violating that that system is a risk to to everyone and and then when you think about investment i know you guys are mentioning that um you know the stuff the money that you know elizabeth holmes or whoever else you know stole it from like these rich rich people well i mean in theory though what, what really what really happens is that these these people that they stole the money from a lot of them they're managing like large institutional funds so these these are like investment firms that raise money from various you know stakeholders and a lot of these people are actually pension funds so people's retirement money goes into these things people's um you know some insurers have you know different types of insurance will invest pools of their money into these alternative assets you have you know various people so these sometimes it's people's livelihoods you know their futures their retirements that are at stake here and people are you know you know relying on this to survive and in, in some cases i mean this is what happens with a lot of the madoff people you might say okay like hey yeah you know the madoff people yeah they were all like rich i mean it's like actually no he had a lot of money from pension funds like there were a lot of like teachers in new york who who lost money doing that there's a lot of other people who lost money that weren't rich and they were never going to be rich but they've you know suffered the ultimate consequence for no no fault of their own they had investment managers that took the money that they gave them and they put it to Madoff and they got screwed. So it's not always as black and white as uh, we sometimes see it. Well, well said. And, he, and I, I ultimately agree with you. You know, one current example uh, that I'm probably going to butcher, but in the Philipp Philippines, uh, they, they elected the son of Ferdinand Marcos. I think his name might be Ferdinand Marcos too as well. But, you know, there's a documentary, The Kingmaker, you know, I it's a great documentary about how the original Ferdinand Marcos like stole like billions of dollars straight from the Philippines, just like basically took it out of their of their bank and Whoa. 
um, the family like absconded, you know, somewhere. And I don't know, found their way back. And and the, the son just got elected for president. And I don't know what their political situation is. I don't know what their financial situation is. But, you know, probably <laughs> the son of uh, just like one of the greatest thefts th- or, or thieves in the history of humanity. Like like th- they stole like billions of dollars. And I will, you know, put all this in the uh, show references because um, oh, yeah, I see I'm not explaining it too well right now, but but the son was elected president, you know, after Duterte, Duterte stepped Mm. down and and, you know, so Duterte uh, has endorsed this guy. This guy supported Duterte. So and we know Duterte is a he's a criminal, you know, like kingpin, (laughs) basically. So it's probably it's probably likely that the, the, the son of Ferdinand Marcos is probably involved with some kind of criminal activity like he's not just going to come back and be all this like you know nice yeah. person and so it's Yo, like quick, quick sidebar on the, on this dude duterte man he's so hilarious like he's a tyrant he's kind of evil but this dude is True hilarious tyrant. the dude is hilarious man like i can't even remember what he was saying man there was there's so many clips of this dude just being a riot and not meaning it just saying stuff that's just off the wall and they, nobody calls about it they just all go with it it's so hilarious, man. Oh, there was one time he was talking about how he like he was claiming that he had killed people like that week. Like he's like, yes, I have killed. And then he was saying this on TV like it was like, OK, and people were just looking at him like no one said anything. It was like, there's no way you were out there killing people yesterday. Like this is what he was saying. It's crazy. I thought the dude was hilarious. Well, damn. That right there is when his power run amok. And people no, just man, say shit nobody. He just talks shit. He is a talker. I read about it. The story was he shot this student at a law school, but the dude lived. He ain't kill him. But like he basically <laughs> gave an interview view that was like, yeah, I'm used to shooting people. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I shot this dude this one time. And then they went to talk to the dude. Like it was a whole incident. They went to talk to the dude and the dude was like, yeah, I'm not talking about this. And then left. I mean, they left it at that. All right. Hey, so, yeah, man, you, you pre- presented a great argument. I'm with you, you know, um, again, like I'm with you on the on the side of things that it's a pretty significant societal harm. You know, I'm not. I don't really believe in imprisonment. I I think it's pretty harsh, and especially when we're putting a shit ton of people in prison. But also, you know, again, part of it to me is that it's not violent crime. And you know, with with Elizabeth Holmes, with Sam Bankman Freed, scam bankrupt fraud, as they say on Twitter. These people are smart, you know, they have skills, they have intellectual skills. You know, our our boy Jamal, uh the big homie Black Mall, you know, he said in the group text like she should teach bio in Lithia Springs for 10 years. Why the <laughs> fuck not? Why the fuck not that? Like you know, why can't we repurpose that. their skills for society? That's not a bad idea. I mean, I I think it's a good idea too, but you know, nobody's doing that though. <laughs> so just put them to death if they can <laughs> yeah. do that. No it's one. I mean, like the, that's not the that's not the paradigm for punishment that we have. I mean, I wish it was. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely you should get real, you know, economic production out of these people if you can. But the systems that we have, you're not able to. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wish that was the case. See, I feel like Holmes would definitely take that over imprisonment, even if she oh, had sure. a lot of restrictions in terms of house arrest and probation. And, you know, so we're not putting someone in prison. 
for, for especially someone who hasn't committed violent crime. And then hopefully if she takes the job seriously, the community service seriously, some people will will benefit from her instruction as a biology teacher or whatever, you know. Uh, r- quick quick rewind, Ehi. From an evolutionary perspective, why eliminate in the ant colony? Why eliminate the perpetrator of the fraud of the scam? Why eliminate well, their line? Because they're just going to keep having more babies, and then you're going to have more. Ba- I mean, these are it's like the the cheater species are. That's what they do. Like they 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 fill a niche in the it's ecosystem. A personality trait for humans. Well, yeah. I mean, potentially. I mean, I, I, it doesn't have a direct correlate in in the human. Because we're all the same species, but usually these these um, cheaters are, are typically a different species, so they can't breed with the the communal ones. Um, but I, you know, there's there's also like the subset of those ones that are lazy and except I don't I don't know exactly how they treat those, but like the ones that evolve to fit that niche of the cheater, they they're just going to keep reproducing and sucking up your resources. So you kind of have to get rid of them. But but that's, that's pointless. But that's pointless because it, it's evolved. There there is benefit. For the organism to have those traits. No, it's like a parasite. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. But it's like having a viral infection or a parasitic infection. Like, you don't have to have it just because they're out there. You want to get rid of it if you have it, right? So that's kind of the thing. It's like, yeah, all that stuff evolved just to suck juices out of, you know, other living things. But that doesn't mean you need to keep them around. That's the same thing in the society or, right? you know, the, com- the use social ecosystem you have. You, you still got to get rid of them. In survival of, of the fittest, you're basically saying they're. I think you said this directly earlier that you know that they're, they're they're affecting the fitness of whatever society, where whether it's this ant colony. And I think you, you did kind of clear that up of you know describing it as two different species of ants. Uh, I was initially thinking like, okay, well, you know, is this you know a subsect of like, all right, well, you know, I, I figured out um, even though I'm the same species, I can you know just do this and and be fine, but. It, it is different in humanity where we have this, as Tunde said, mentioned as a trait rather than like an encoded, you know, behavior. But but maybe it is like that. That's the other thing of survival of the fittest. Like, you know, we want to survive by any means necessary. And if people deem that the way to get ahead, people get ahead all the time by lying. I hate to say it, but like, you know, good liars are good lawyers, you know, shit like that. Yeah, the trait, the trait is like. As Tunde said, can be, I don't want to say it's positive, but like, I don't know, things like confidence and, you know, um, boldness to attempt to do shit that, you know, you likely would not have done previously or or others have not attempted to do can end up, you know, harming the society or it can end up benefiting and can just in general just change the director, uh, uh, the direction that society is moving in. You know, whether it be people like attempted to, but I'm, I'm thinking of shit like the Wright brothers where nobody had flew before. I mean, people have attempted to do flying machines, but like the tenacity to be like, yo, we're going to push this envelope until literally, you know, not 50 years later. Not only are we going to the moon, but we got like international flights. And sh- like it's casual. Like we don't, nobody's, you know, stressing sh- some shit like that. But I imagine there was some cheating and some, you know, manipulation. Bruh, didn't Edison work at the patent office? Office? And was stealing patents for shit all the time. Yeah, people. Speaking did of say Edison that. and Theranos, people did say he was kind of a slime ball. And I mean, did society really suffer? 
Well, potentially. We don't know. We don't know the I alternative. Because we do yeah, have a lot of shit so. stuff in our society. We did I mean, manage Tesla to elect sad. Trump. I mean, Tesla, oh, yeah, Tesla, Tesla Nikola yeah. Tesla got screwed over by this dude because yep. he basically like ran him out of town because he wasn't that like, you know, boisterous inventor persona that, that Edison I mean, was. Yeah. He, Edison was a politician more than anything. Yeah. He might have been a scientist a little bit, but he was like in marketing. He was fucking yeah, you're right. able to brand himself as that dude. And and it stuck from there to me, you know. And this, no, I, that's that, I think that's the what, how people see it. I think you're right. I mean, the, you know, then when you start digging in, he's like, oh shoot, he's like, yeah, this dude Tesla's leagues ahead of this dude <laughs> in terms of what he's what he was doing back then. So yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, there there is a bit of that, um, you know. It's like I, and in drawing that line between fraud and not, I mean, I think you know that's where the the legal system comes in. And as you guys have mentioned. It's it's not necessarily the fairest to all people <laughs> in some cases, and so yeah, I mean it's it's not a, a, a clear line, and that's why I kind of wanted to emphasize more of the the egregious cases, you know, like the Madoffs. You got to put this guy away, you know, mm-hmm. like this this Elizabeth Holmes. Like she had lots of time to come clean. Like she was dead set on getting this by everyone. You got to get rid the, of the uh, fire festival dude who got locked up or, and then got got off or some shit like that and then was trying to scam like the month afterwards like they got, got that <laughs> he was I, desperate I, I don't, yeah desperation Which again man. yeah desperation you know is, has again caused people to go into the scamming but yeah um all right so here? let's let's talk about uh S- sbf and ftx you know because this is the latest example of just wide-ranging egregious extensive horrific fraud um, I love to see it though. I love to see this this whole <laughs> FTX thing. I was so For happy. Real? I was just like, you know, this guy. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on, Hershey, you said it too, man. Like, you thought the whole yep. thing was a scam, right? Like, I, I said that, but oh, you said sense. that today. I, I said it. I, I think every, it. All, everybody yeah. said that, right? It's such a Definitely. scam, right? In, in, like, in yeah. NFTs. Yep. Right? <laughs> I definitely <laughs> love to see sense to me. I'm, come I'm definitely loving like to see it too. This, this ones and zeros for three hundred thousand dollars, bro. That's what you can get. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, and nobody, bro. I've had so many people. I, I've done like focus groups and shit like that for for NFT products, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know." Uh, other people in the group will be like, "Oh man, you know, crypto is the thing." You know, we we uh we know people who became millionaires off that shit. Nobody can ever tell me they got their money out of it. I don't yeah. know no millionaires. It might yeah. be, you know, a small number of people who actually were able to. Cryptographers uh, extract, are the millionaires because they got in in 2010. And that's Dude, it. Do you much. remember, Tunde? Tunde, do you remember that Jason Novsam, your freshman year roommate, yeah. was telling us to buy Bitcoin? Was he? Yes, dude. I almost bought Bitcoin sophomore year. Swear to God. Bro, them shits would have been going only- for like 10 cents. Yeah, it was. It, literally 10 cents. And it would have, like, I looked up, I was going to buy $100 worth. But I didn't have my bank account number to sign up on the website to do the the transaction. So and then I forgot. And then I looked like a couple of years ago. I looked to see how much I would have made. It was like three million dollars. Damn. Yeah, but see, I mean, but there's the other issue of like, would you have held it that long? Like, would you? Because if you had held it that long, you you would still be holding it. You wouldn't sell it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe and once I hit a, if I had hit a million, I probably would have sold it. Well, I mean, but see, yeah, that that would have been great. That would have been like a great investment, but. You know, again, yeah, the but, only but people, lazy, man. the only people who would have who would have that understanding and awareness are the cryptographers, the people who know and understand blockchain. 
because everyone else is just like, oh, you know, but then, you know, now the past two years, crypto has been skyrocketing. So now it's gotten all the people who are trying to get get on in, on the get rich quick schemes, you know. But uh, real quick, let me just make a drop uh, um, or a, a reference to one of our older podcasts where a, he said that we don't teach critical thinking well enough, s- sort of like a s- statistical way of thinking or probabilistic way of thinking because probabilistically it's a bad investment like just on the face of it you know just like playing the lottery but people are still like oh man when the numbers get really high i you know i gotta buy a ticket but, but that's the even less likely instance when you're gonna win yeah so yeah but it's that discerning factor you know you just gotta have to kind of like determine for yourself you know is crypto really that shit or is bitcoin really that shit and I, i've always just been like I don't know. This shit seems kind of useless to me. You know, it's it's <laughs> magic internet money, which is what CoffeeZilla says on YouTube. Great YouTuber, by the way. I'll reference it. Uh, but anyway, so... It's basically V-Bucks. I don't yeah. know if you guys are old enough to know what B- V-Bucks is. Nah, but... but sounds if you have younger brothers who play Fortnite and shit, V-Bucks is the thing you, you use your credit card to purchase to buy skins and all. It's, it's useless. It's useless money. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> fucking kids go crazy for V Bucks, bro. They well, at least you. Can, but that, that shit's actually valuable because people play Fortnite. They enjoy Fortnite. It, it gives them relief and and com- communion with other people playing Fortnite. <laughs> but As so they kill each other on the screen. <laughs> so SBF FTX, you know, I, I we don't have to do the rundown. It's been all over the news, but I, I I'm sure people who don't follow crypto or or the financial system haven't been really hip to it fortunately it hasn't seemed to impact our actual financial system too too much but um it's it's a significant horrible disgusting fraud and there's still speculation as to oh like maybe sbf just got in over his head no, no it's this fraud. Is also different no though. this is different this is totally this different, is so though, different isn't it because he no, basically isn't. took the money that was invested into his company which is just an exchange like he didn't it, his is not a coin or whatever he just took the money he had a and coin started investing he has a coin oh, he does have a coin yeah but yeah, it, it yeah. was like all this weird financial nonsense but yeah they were yeah, but, anyway go on go on yeah he was investing in other companies that he was i guess hoping to recoup the financial uh uh interests of the investors and like all that shit evaporated because I assume I don't know ex- what exactly he was investing in, but I presume it was other crypto shit. And all that shit. Well, is he evaporated. was trading. He was just trading crypto and other uh, oh, well, commodities go. and securities trying to make money. But they completely blew all their money. <laughs> well, I think the, the real reason why it crashed, I think, is because is because of how this crypto stuff is actually valued. And it's only valued because people demand it. So. Once greater the fool theory goes down yeah right so once the demand goes down which it ended Tell up being because what, what happened was they had like a um they were trying to do a deal with coinbase or something and coinbase was held like 300 million of sam coin or whatever and then they were like oh wait we don't want to do this deal we're actually going to sell off all our sam coin because this is like all bullshit and so once word got out that they're going to sell all this the coins then everybody else sold. And so then the, the value of the FTX company went to zero or is it Alameda, whichever one went to zero. And then they had to, they basically had no more money. So there were people who were trying to pull money out from the exchange. They're like, okay, well, I had to buy money in FTX. I want to get that money back. But that money doesn't even exist there anymore because they gave that junk all away to other people. And those people have already sold that stuff 
to get their money out. So there is no way to get the money back. The value of the coins that they thought that they were buying are worth zero now. So now the company's worth zero. There's no money in it. So no one can get any money back. And that's why it went to shit. They had to file bankruptcy because, I mean, there's a run on the bank, essentially. But there's no protections yeah. like there is in the U.S. for, you know, real banks. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, we're completely simplifying it, you know, on an incredible level. There was all types of financial tomfoolery happening. And to me, it's it's so incredible how, you know, crypto is is discussed as this like revolutionary financial evolution, you know. But they still were doing the the weird, crazy Wall Street speculation. But with crypto, they had all okay. these completely okay. exotic, extraordinary financial okay. products that you know were all types of things that had value because people claimed they had value and they were trading mm-hmm. it, and they lost a lot of money just like they do on Wall Street. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think the problem though was that the, they weren't so, like the the FTX people weren't supposed to have given away any of their money. Like there was yes. the money was supposed to be retained within FTX, you know. Yeah. And but they didn't though, and that was the problem. That's why as soon as they they found out that they wanted to get their money back, their money didn't exist in the company anymore, and they couldn't get it. And FTX couldn't get it back because all the money that they had, where they sold it for these worthless coins, that they hoped would give them money, which is completely absurd. Yeah, I'll I'll reference some um, articles and YouTube videos that I think. I, by the way, I've gone completely off the deep end with this because I, I I love the fraud shit. I just love it. It's just like such good reality television. This is actual reality. Hey, so d- is this the kind of egregious, gargantuan societal fraud that would potentially warrant a death penalty? Yes. <laughs> okay. Can you say more? Yeah, I mean, because he knew what he was doing. I mean, that's the problem is that people are going to say, oh, he, you know, he got in over his head. I mean, how do you take $8 billion worth of money, take it out of there when you knew you shouldn't be touching the money? Because that was like front and center. That's how they advertise. We're not going to touch your money. So you've been telling people we're not going to touch this money. And then you take $8 billion and you buy a whole bunch of shitty random coins left and right. And then when they go to zero, you're surprised. As if you don't already know how the crypto game works. Like, this dude knew. He just thought That's that he was going to be the one to be smarter than everyone else. He thought he was going to outsmart the system. He's going to make a quick flip. He's going to keep the extra money, make himself about $10 billion, and just give everybody else back their money and move on. That's what he thought was going to happen. But That's every I mean, scammer's dream. That's bullshit. what they all tell themselves. <laughs> about to flip this. Right? Drug dealers say the same shit. Yep. <laughs> about to flip this. Exactly. He thought he was about to flip the thing real quick. I mean... It was, he knew what he was doing, and not only like the the tr- the level of trust that he told people that he was going to do. I mean, he he completely violated that the system, and he he did it on purpose. He knew what he was doing. Yo, so to he didn't think he would get caught. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. You know, they, they we all, scammers always think you know they're too smart to get caught. They always, I mean, any criminal really. But uh, Tunde, can you explain the uh, greater fool theory? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, exactly again, is, but, you know. I'll uh, um, you know, have references in the podcast show notes, you know, for everything that we're talking about. But basically, the grateful theory is that someone can make money off um, trading or or ownership of an asset by selling it to someone who considers it more valuable than you do. So it, it really doesn't matter what the asset is. It doesn't matter what the actual value is. All that matters is that there is someone more foolish to pay for it than you are to to keep holding on to it, you know, for at a greater 
price than you than you you know for more money than you paid for it or if you just got it on the ground floor then more money than you know than zero i guess whatever <laughs> which is crypto right because yeah, these guys are yeah. making these coins <laughs> everyone's a fool who buys crypto effectively based on this definition yeah, I, I will say <laughs> there may be some value in Bitcoin and I guess maybe Ethereum, too, because a lot of the NFT projects are done on the Ethereum network. I know I sound like I'm some kind of like crypto fucking genius, but I'm not. I just I just watch all the YouTube videos and I, I, it, the schadenfreude is just too good. It's just too good, man. Especially SBF with his extra lame ass pulling up his shorts and a T-shirt. They should have known right then. Thought he was yeah, some kind man. of genius. They should have known right then that he was a fraud. Coming around in those fucking new balances and, and those baggy ass. Dude, but I'm telling you though, I'm telling you, man, like it's it's this like and and my thing is like exactly trying to like a savant, but I'm just trying to understand like could, could a black person do this or Mexican? I mean, like, Kanye kind of did it wearing all types of weird shit for. But Kanye was selling. He was selling clothes. He was like, selling music. Fake. He wasn't he was fake selling, selling clothes. Any other black he was person? Selling no. stuff. No, I'm not talking about go up and sell an imaginary product and get people to give you billions of dollars, cash money, Soulja and Boy? say it's all good. Nah, well, Soulja Boy think, actually made music, good music too. So right, Soulja Boy was a he was a I mean he was no, a hit I mean, machine for like ten years. Okay, yeah, but I'm saying okay, I guess that is substance. We're talking about people. T- come, come, I mean, who is this dude? Way. SBF. Who is this guy? Okay, yeah. <laughs> did, like, he, did he not you know have some connections he had to know somebody to know somebody it's the same thing as that uh netflix show uh the fucking german girl who was trying to scam her way into buying a building and and however close oh. she got i forget i forget yeah. her name i do but, remember uh, i didn't watch it but i know what you're talking about yeah she's actually russian and then german nationalized but uh yeah what's her name i forget damn why am i blanking but the netflix uh show was really good yeah so so i guess you know this is the, uh, on the border of of you know potentially warranting a. a this is egregious. This is bad. Like, yeah, this it is. is just complete. This is. I mean, this is on purpose. He did Warren's this on purpose. Time. Maybe like no, nah, man. I mean, the, I mean, I'm sure there's people who put their livelihoods there. I mean, and the thing is though is that people will say, "Oh, it's crypto. Crypto could go you know to zero anytime." That's true, but it wouldn't have done like this, right? Where no one basically is getting their money out of this there's no money in the company right because they gave gave it all away and it's all worthless now like all those coins are worthless that they spent it on so like you don't have any money right like this is not what they expected crypto doesn't go to zero like this i have a thought so if we never knew what like steve jobs is i i guess there was a path this is very different this analogy doesn't necessarily work but like he had a vision right of ipads and and whatnot well beyond just the iPods and then, you know, eventually iPhone as the fucking plan goes. But like being able to have that, what's the difference between vision and, well, I mean, we know what the, the difference is. Um, I guess you're, you're kind of saying explicitly that it's it's the lying. It's the, the making up and the manipulating. But that's the thing. If he believed in it the way I think he did, because he had to be, he had to believe in it to reinvest that invested money in, back into crypto shit. There's no, I can't imagine that he thought it was fake. Or that it wasn't going to be profitable and continue to be profitable forever, or maybe it was just a short ride thing. And, and well, he, he, he should have known. Ill. Well, he should have known that he he's not legally allowed to touch that money, though. That's the problem. He he wasn't allowed to do mm. any of these trades with the money. 
So they just were moving money around in ways that they said themselves that they weren't going to do, which is why it's fraud, I think, is that, I mean, they, t- they said we're going to do something and then you did the opposite. It is wild yeah. to me that uh, they're going to have to rename the arena in Miami again. Well, that's the Miami Heat's problem for having allowed him to, I guess he, if he yeah. made, if he made the, 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 the payment, the, um, yeah, the sort like of bid. million over 20 years or something like that. 10, 135 10 million, million over 19 years. Okay. But if they made the bid, I guess you, you have to, I don't know if there's like some sort of binding agreement that the highest bid automatically gets it. But, but I mean, you know, fucking only fans can come bid. I'm sure they wouldn't put it up there. You know, you have to have that discernment. They might. They well, should. Though. They in, should. It was in the earlier um, um, negotiation. Bang they Bros. Had a, they, what? Yeah, Bang Bros made a made a bid, <laughs> but the owner also was like, "Bro, we can't put Bang Bros up there." And then it becomes an article and was free public publicity for uh, Bang Bros. But like, yes, the porn company Bang Bros. Wow, interesting. And it's Miami. I mean, what, what Miami this? has its own crypto coin too. It's called like Miami Coin or some shit. That shit is they worthless. Are, yeah. yeah, they're worthless. heavily. Yeah, they are. It t- wow. Talk about corrupt. All that money evaporated that was supposed to go to infrastructure, and you know they're getting hit by a hurricane every other year. This it's a wrap, you know. But what about the the crypto arena in uh, in L.A.? Is is that company going and shit? Like who who owns the crypto dot com? Crypto dot com arena, right? They're probably gonna go down too, right? Like I'm it's like, just, dude, a, it's I just was, a matter of I time. A, yeah, I think this is such a mistake. Why would you allow them to like bring back Staples, bro? Like, just make an LLC, call it Staples, and just pay for that shit, and just put up the sign again. Just bring it back because this crypto shit is stupid. Well, all right, hey, let me throw you one more question, and we'll move on to another social dilemma. Um, but is there any sort of punishment that should be given to the people who have kind of endorsed people like SBF? You know, because they can't really do it alone, you know. So SBF wasn't was invested in by Sequoia Capital. You know, I mean, you got like Kevin O'Leary on TV, like you had Bill Clinton and the former prime minister of England, uh Blair, what's his name? They had Steph Curry and Tom Brady. Yeah, like so maybe not the celebrities, but the people who have really given them financial weight, like really serious financial backing. I mean, do they deserve any kind of punishment you know because nah nah right i don't think you i don't think they they wouldn't i mean these people i mean ostensibly are quote unquote i mean you know within reason are responsible fiduciaries of the money that they're in charge of i mean typically if it's a fund so i mean these people are not trying to lose money right it doesn't matter how sexy it is or whatever blah blah blah. like they're they're not just they don't make these investments to lose money like you know or or, or participate in fraud like this, that's not what they're going to do um so i don't think they knew i mean if you read the you know the the terms of whatever their agreements they sign with their customers they're not supposed to be able to do any of this <laughs> like this situation should never have happened but it did and that's why they're in this hole yeah they should have just lost the money in an investment rather than being defrauded i guess like that, yeah. that's the difference that's, that you were kind of just describing. So, yep. Because basically he just, he, he gambled the money away, right? Like they gave him money to like build the company and, 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 and all that and attract new customers and, and people to put their money on the, on the platform. But then what he actually did is he took that money and bought a bunch of random coins, like crypto coins. And with the hopes that that shit will go up in value 
And then when it didn't, he didn't have any more money. <laughs> People wanted to get their money out of the exchange. They couldn't get it because there's no money left. That's why it's a problem, man. It's crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wild. Like, if, if you follow crypto and then you follow the FTX story, it, it to me, it's complete madness. Like, it's just, you know, a uh, quick side note. Yo, this guy CZ, Chang Peng Zhao, who uh, is the CEO, founder, whatever, of Binance, which is the largest crypto exchange. My man is a complete shark. He's just been in the cut, man. I don't know if you guys watched any of his interviews, but he's just like, yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll kind of have this like dumbfounded look like, you know, we're surprised that, you know, FTX was just so <laughs> trash, you know, <laughs> and like people will be like, oh, you know, like FTX was one of your biggest competitors. And and apparently like they had like a little bit of sparring on Twitter and he'll just be like, well, I mean, we, we never really thought that they were competing with us. <laughs> That is hilarious. <laughs> but but the, but the thing is, if you if you if you go read the details closely, a lot of people say that CZ is a person who really set off the bank run because he he saw he said he was going to sell all his FTT, the FTX token. And yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Yeah, but it's just like he just has this like super naive like look on his interviews. It's like he didn't know nothing was going to happen. Like, bro, you knew exactly what was going to happen. He you knew exactly, exactly what was going to happen. Well, he knew. I mean, and the and the thing was that he knew because he was. Then they say that they were trying to sell the company to Binance, and so Binance was looking at their their financial statements, and then they were like, "There's too many problems here." Yeah. Right. Like that's when, and then that's when he was like, "Yeah, I have to sell all this this FTC, <laughs> get the hell up out of this investment, otherwise I'm fucked." And um, yeah, then everybody heard that, and then he tweeted it, which he probably shouldn't have, which they might have to pull him in court for that, because that's a little bit, you know, he probably well, shouldn't have tweeted that. That, they, I, that he I was going to sell all the all the FTT? Yeah, yeah. What, what's the crime? You know, <laughs> what's the well, crime? No, no, no. I, mean, no, I don't think it's going to be a crime per se, but the, he will have to answer for that. I mean, because they, they had Elon Musk in, in the SEC basically like, sanctioned this man. They they called him in, all this stuff, like because he was tweeting stuff about Tesla stock and X, Y, and Z. And they're like, bro, you can't just be just out here. But then again, I mean, these are not publicly traded stocks. They're not regulated by the, the SEC. So, I mean, I, you know, maybe not. But... I mean, it would be odd that they wouldn't call him in on this investigation to speak to them. Like, it would be very weird. Well, I mean, I don't know if he really has to even show up. He's not a U.S. citizen. I don't think. I don't think he lives in the U.S. Like, can can you subpoena someone who's not a living in the U.S. or as a citizen? I'm sure you can. I mean, you can, it's just a request to come in and answer questions. I mean, they can ask anyone. They Isn't there some kind of criminal liability if you don't show up for a subpoena? Like, can they yeah, impose so. that on him? I think you can. I think you can like put out a warrant for their arrest or something, but I don't yeah. think um, you, you don't have, have to. to. And I don't know if you could. They can put out a warrant for their arrest either. But Dan Snyder was uh, sanctioned, or, or like they wanted him to come speak in front of Congress, and he was like, "Nah, I'm on my boat. I'm international right now," and just stayed that way for. Was that a long. subpoena or was that just a request? Because a subpoena is a official legal sort of like. But that might just be in criminal cases. So I guess it depends yeah. on to what level this becomes like a criminal case, like an actual federal crime, yeah. which it probably will it, be. If it's a criminal case, though, they're not going to fucking extradite. So I just read he's based in Singapore right now. And also he's a Chinese national. He's Chinese and Canadian. And uh, ain't no fucking way. If he doesn't have to, he's never coming back to the U.S. 
and yeah, in no fucking way we're to. gonna fucking force anybody to extradite him back over here. You know, Batman, R.I.P. to uh, Kevin Connery, but you know, Batman can't do what he did in Dark Knight. <laughs> I know, right? That that scene was pretty crazy. <laughs> Straight robbed his ass from China, but uh, but honestly, this might be an opportunity for CZ to to try to move, you know, try to move his weight around in terms of crypto regulation. Cause he could come and do the deposition, but he could also be like, he could, he could have a uh, opinion in the deposition. Like, you know, if regulators had done such and such and he, yeah, they, they just have to talk to him. I mean, you know, it's not going to make or break the case. I mean, he didn't like, I mean, his actions are probably pretty clear in terms of when they, they're going to get all the documents. So, but I mean, they probably, sh- I mean, just for completeness, you probably should talk to this dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who else would know better than this dude? What the hell's going on? Dude is a mastermind. Let's just hope that his own crypto exchange doesn't go under because that'll be a wrap for crypto if it does. True story. All right. So that is our first social dilemma. I think that was a great conversation. Uh, there's one more that I want to hit. Um, and then actually, we'll just we'll just slide on the last two, you know, and have another podcast. But uh, all right. So this one I've been thinking about for a while. We we have chatted about it maybe here and there in the group chat. But here's a question. Should immigrants with black skin uh, or children of immigrants with black skin get reparations? And our understanding of reparations, the the sort of common talking point is that there's a financial sort of uh, form of compensation that that's given to people who have suffered from slavery or the descendants of slavery. So, and this is this is with the thinking that this would be a thing. Like, I can't just be like, right, there's no way they're going to give reparations. It, it, in this theory, we're saying that, you know, reparations have been deemed to be distributed. Now we're just talking about how they would be distributed. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Hell nah, bro. <laughs> Hell nah, immigrants and children of immigrants should not. No, nah, I'm just playing. But like, not, no, I no. agree with you. I, then, I do yeah, too. Yeah, my, I do too. My reality is no, but beyond that, like we wouldn't be able to discern any type of shit to to say who should get what and how much um, because it's been too long. If they were gonna do it, they should have done it like right after you know people were freed. But they weren't trying to do that because obviously Jim Crow and racism and shit. But like we've seen the two instances, the only two instances in the United States to ever give reparations was to Native Americans, um, where they kind of re- they returned like. Uh, you know, particular areas of land and shit like that. And then, um, and, and they gave them the, uh, and they gave them the, uh, the, the casinos, all that tax money. Yeah. Yeah. The tax exemption. Yeah. That's, that's a part of the land that to me, like the territories and just, you know, being able to, uh, operate as their own entities within the, the United States of America. But, um, the other being Japanese, uh, families after they interned them, during World War II, which was some mm-hmm. wild shit. And the thing about that was they acted very quickly. And, you know, I don't know if they just had, you know, somebody in high end government had the ear of politicians to be able to, you know, pass legislation around Japanese Americans, which, you know, look at what just happened recently with, you know, the Asian hate law being, you know, pushed through very quickly while, you know, black Americans are still just, you know, pushing for all types of civil rights and equalities. I don't see them ever, you know, even getting close to this. And now we're at a point where America, again, as, you know, self-described a melting pot has so many different ethnicities and immigrants and, you know, 
even describing black skin is problematic, right? You know, <laughs> our, our brown people, our Indian people who, you know, may not have had any influence in their lineage uh, from uh, transatlantic slave trade, I'll, you know, to be specific there, mm-hmm. should they get some sort of reparations or um, whatever? No, absolutely not. Um, but, you know, what happens if, you know, a, a person has had grandparents that were inter, you know, multiracial, you know, to the nth degree all the way back or whatever, there's, there will be no way to identify like what's going on. Uh, I don't know if I, I'm glad you guys as Nigerian Americans agree with me, but there's I, I don't even I don't I don't know how this could possibly be a thing. So you're basically saying me and a, he can't get reparations. Hell no. Nah. Y'all ain't earned that shit. <laughs> Bro, okay, true. first of all, first of all. What slave genes y'all got? First of all. My last name is Smith. I went to a Smith plantation in elementary school. They took us there as a field trip on some shit. And was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And like, but definitely thinking, yo, there was like slave, you know, quarters somewhere about here around this fucking, you know, old ass mansion. I feel you. Yeah, I feel man. you. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean. That's just different. <laughs> the whole issue of reparations is very nebulous to me in general so this is kind of a very uh hypothetical kind of social dilemma but but hey look first of all the people that got taken from west africa africa probably was in our lineage so are we also not influenced and affected by the long-term effects of slavery like our families were Herschel, we probably are like i mean seventh generation brothers bro cousins or some shit like that it's possible, but did y'all let them get took? Why? What happened there? Why is that? You know, <laughs> that's the cold bloodedness of it. Like, so, so you, now y'all want some on the back end? Like, y'all didn't? What's going on here? Y'all didn't come try to save nobody? Like, <laughs> damn, 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 Hershey, you kind of threw me a curveball there. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, so the reason why I have thought of this is because, you know, we we have so much of our society that's like delineated based on people's skin color you know like a lot of stuff is just kind of like we, we we say it's race but it, but a lot of it is really skin color you know and i just feel like if we were to have reparations and you have a whole and you know this is including caribbean people haitians you know like there's gonna be a shit ton of black people black skinned people who are not gonna receive reparations i mean that I that's, that's a- just that that's just like very <laughs> antithetical to like how we operate nowadays. It's like if you got black skin, you've been harmed, you've been you know you've had a destruction in your in your lineage at the hands of white people. So so to think that a whole cohort of black skin people wouldn't be involved with this, you know, reparation sort of thing. I don't so, know, man. That shit wouldn't play out too well. That's it's interesting you say it at, in that way because. Uh, you guys may have had to read this fucking book in high school too, Guns, Germs, and Steel for like world history, AP world history or some shit. But basically in that, it describes how we got to the society that we are in where the Western society, which happens to be generally white people and and like Western Europe, and then just kind of taking over, colonizing everywhere. And then, um, you know, being create generating themselves as, as the status quo. Um, it, de- it describes how we got to that and just the lack of, specific you know weaponry and resources that you know areas in south america africa across africa china uh, asia was you know very much isolated just due to you know land mass and shit like that but if it were a game and just you know thinking again of society and the growth and development like 
they were progressing. They were winning. They were um, in p- positions to make the power dynamic decisions. And we were so separated as a, you know, just communal society that most of the time, you know, other people that di- that looked different didn't see people that didn't look like them. So, you know, again, this is probably something to the reptile or, or reptile brain or ant colony kind of conversation of like now that we are intertwined so greatly. And it's not just America where, uh, as you mentioned, like skin tone is an issue and just race and and how it evolves to race and racism. Um, you know, this that's that's an issue across Southeast Asia. Um, mm-hmm. Indian cultures describe it as well, where like the it, there was an article about um, Google and a couple of other tech companies where they're like, you know, subcultures of <clears throat> of, you know, uh, Indian people working there and the darker Indians are not getting the high up positions that, you know, um, their lighter counterparts are getting. And I mean, wow. it sucks. It's toxic. I, Again, this whole reptile brain is probably in. attached to some, you know, attraction thing, um, but it it also doesn't have any basis. You know, there there are people obviously who are attracted to different things in different ways, but like in in mass, I'm I'm just trying to think about this in mass, and I, I don't know if it's been associated with the leading, you know, class system because you know, obviously we think about uh, America trying to be free and whatever, but like we we live in a a class system. Not I, I won't all, go all the way to say. Uh, caste system, but it's pretty fucking close. Agreed. And mm-hmm. at the top of the caste system is lighter intonation people, in just generally speaking, in you know, in numbers, black people and other uh, God, people of color, I guess I'll say, have been breaking into that in the past hundred years, but in the recent history of what is wealth and power, that's what it's been. So, and, and again, those people are going to be unwilling to, you know, cede any of the power that they have that's you know yeah i mean I, I think it's going to be very difficult to get uh any kind of reparations done i mean there's just there's just i mean theoretically i mean it, it, it was should have been done years ago but there was so much damage done by the dehumanization of you know black people the people didn't really even the the abolitionists didn't really believe the black people were full human so it, it wasn't a yeah. lot of you know, impetus to, to sort of, to, to own up to that 40 acres and a mule or whatever the case may be. That and the, and part of that, sorry to cut you off, Amy, but part of that was that like, they were in different parts of the planet. Like it wasn't just a fucking flight from, you know, Spain to Nigeria, which is probably only, I mean, it might be six hours, but like that's a six hour flight versus like months of a boat, boat ride that would be your lifetime. And then, you know, you never knew they were even living like that over there. They're, they're building houses different than you. Their fucking language is totally different. They raise their kids different, like every aspect of society. And yeah, sure. You know, we all used to be the same culture and society and, you know, the fucking, uh, fertile crescent, you know, Tigris, Euphrates fucking pocket of civilization before we branched out. But like, you know, that's what happens after 10,000 years, a new culture, evolves even even today culture is evolving so fucking fast uh you know youth in middle america can't relate to youth in you know in any kind of metropolitan like and that's just gonna evolve and and happen and continue now of course there's tiktok and shit that's the yeah uh unifier but so so i have a theory that i that i hold i mean i don't i don't have any proof of it but it's just a theory of of why you know the the world kind of looks the way it was where you're, you're commenting on, you know, how, um, 
you know, the, the lighter skinned people have, have sort of found their way to the top of the, the social hierarchy or social economic hierarchy here on, uh, as we know it on earth. But I mean, honestly, I, I really think it's, it's, uh, it's, it was due to the abundance of resources or the lack thereof and the correlation of that with, um, yeah, exactly. Direct sunlight (laughs) and, um, different amounts yeah. of or different resources, of, uh, different resources. The need for or lack of need for melanin right just so like i mean if you if you grew up in a tropical region you're not going to be too worried about somebody stealing your goat or your cow or whatever right because you could just go down the street there's a banana tree there's a mango tree you're not going to starve like your survival is not reliant on accumulating resources um because you don't have to accumulate when there's just stuff out there for free Right. But when you you take it to, you know, you go up to like, you know, Germany or Denmark or, you know, you know, what what is now UK, it's frigid cold, it's dark all the time. It snows for like six months out of the year. You know, if somebody steals your goat, you're probably going to die. Right. Because you got nothing. You can't grow nothing. It's middle of winter. You relying on this thing for milk. And then after a while, you're going to kill it and eat it. And so you got to take them out steals, first. Right. And so develop a ruthless culture. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to then you have to be very, very, you know, cautious and, you know, have to build up all these, you know, armaments and all these things to kind of protect yourself. And it kind of forces people to form more of this tribal situation where it's, you know, us versus them. We have to kill them. And not saying that you didn't have that in Africa or, you know, in Latin America, ancient Latin America or whatever. But um, I think there's a there's something to be said about the availability of resources and um, the way people were forced to kind of adapt and develop certain attitudes towards violence and and greed effectively. Yeah, yeah, man that that is a very evolutionary um, way of you know. Uh, describing i guess our current circumstances and i've thought about that I, I i don't have the language like i don't really know how to characterize you know what you just said because i don't you know i'm not an evolutionary biologist but anthropologist you got to talk to these anthropology people yeah yeah but it, it makes perfect sense to me and i've come like honestly you and he have kind of like exposed me to evolution but i mean it, it kind of is the the sort of deciding factor for everything i mean dubzanski man they, they said this like nothing in the world or nothing in biology makes sense except in light of evolution i mean it's true nothing i mean the world is all biology regardless of how we want to see it <laughs> real talk i mean i don't know i think there's a lot of psychology in there too but i suppose biology is now. psychology ah, <laughs> it's well. all the same i i, I mean there, it, all, it all boils down to chemistry even beyond that so or physics with this yeah (laughs) this is true this is true anyway that's what you get on real talk beyond the headlines uh yeah that last social dilemma i guess was a little too esoteric because the issue of reparations is just too is too esoteric it's just like no no one's gonna i don't think it's it's gonna happen in our lifetime sadly even though i don't have a you know i'm like i don't think i should get it but i don't know if if herschel is getting a check cut for him and I'll wow. get a check. I'm gonna feel some kind of way. 
I'm gonna feel some kind of way. I'm not necessarily gonna say well, that I, mean, I should get a check, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I I completely agree with Herschel though. I mean, especially because you know there's 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 all this like historical baggage that comes with having gone through that and you know the lack of opportunity. It's not just because of pure lack of opportunity, but there's the scars of the past. Your family members telling you about how institutions have wronged them, having these very visceral examples of all the things that have gone wrong. And then, you know, you're supposed to now go out into that same system and then feel comfortable and, and confident enough to succeed and exert yourself and, and have that opportunity or that, that, that potential for failure at, at the risk of suffering some of those same evils that your family members have gone through. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, luckily, like our parents, you know, me and you two, they didn't didn't have that. So they didn't, you know, we didn't have that sort of fear of, you know, racism being that big of an issue not that it wasn't an issue it wasn't brought up or we didn't feel it but it wasn't um a major factor because i mean coming from africa most people <laughs> are black there they, you just don't experience that same level of racism so you don't even think of all those scenarios to tell your kids of you know how to be careful and how not to get hurt and so that kind of allows you to take more risks you don't you can't take these many risks when you have all these things kind of hanging over your head so I don't know, man. I think That's some real like, shit. It's crazy. My mom told me that when she came to the States, like she had an altercation where someone called her the N-word, but she was unfazed because she didn't know what it meant. <laughs> 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 but I think that, but the thing is like, the thing is that that right there is the one thing that would get a black person off uh, is if a white person calls them the N-word in a sort of incendiary way. And I don't, I don't know this. I'm kind of like maybe uh, embellishing a little bit with what my <laughs> mom hilarious. said. This is a real story. This is a real story. But, you know, but a white person calling a black person the N-word with some sort of uh, acidity, incendiariness, incendiariousness, <laughs> um, that, that right there is, is incredibly painful for them. But, you know, speaking for my mom... She was unfazed, you know, and, and that pain just disappeared or ne was never there, you know. So, so yeah, it is a kind of a very different experience, despite the fact that, you know, we probably are still suffering from the the sort of like embedded racism or or I guess disenfranchisement. But that historical that that transgenerational trauma is not quite as salient for immigrants from Africa. Anyway, Indeed. so that is social dilemmas. The first one. Um, any last words, gentlemen? Nah, that was great. Back. Yeah, we got more social dilemmas to talk about. You know, I do like the the Hummer gets the last laugh one though. So yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I <laughs> All right, we'll we'll leave that teaser for the next social dilemmas podcast. This is hashtag RTBTH, otherwise known as Real Talk Beyond the Headlines. As usual. We got our co-host Tunde, Herschel, and Ehi, and uh, let's wrap it up, fellas. Peace. All right. Till next time. Peace.